you should start a journal and just begin to record the blessings of God in your life. Psalms 103, Part 7. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. (laughs) Welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. We'd like to share just a little humor a little boy who was in church for the very first time in his life, he watched as the ushers passed around the offering plates. And when they came near to his pew, the boy said loudly, don't pay for me, Dad. I'm under five. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we are... We <laughs> Clayton liked that one. (laughs) We are sharing part seven on the series we're doing on Psalms 103. Psalms 103, this is part seven. And Psalms 103 is a powerful psalm. And it's a psalm that a lot of Christians know. But at the same time, a lot of Christians aren't using it. And so it's a psalm that we want to actively used because it's what you really keep alive and active. Those are the things that do you any good. And so we want to be able to use it. It kind of reminds me, I had a pair of pants at home and they were brand new, still had the tags on them and I had never worn them. Well, recently I rediscovered them and man, I took the tags off and started wearing them. They ended up being my favorite pair of pants. (laughs) So now I wear them all the time. Well, they were there all along But they were underutilized. They weren't being used, and so they were no benefit to me when I was not using them. And so that's the way Psalms 103 is to a lot of Christians. They know about it. They have it, but they aren't using it. They aren't using it. And also, I found a pair of shoes. I had forgot I had them. Great pair of shoes. And I was so glad because it was like buying a brand new pair of shoes. They were great shoes. I didn't even know I had them. And I've been wearing them ever since. And so that's kind of the way Psalms 103 is. It could be something wonderful, but if we have forgotten it, if we're not utilizing it, then it's doing us no good. And there are many portions of God's Word that are like that. They are forgotten. They are passed over. They're underutilized. And they do us no good. And so it's what you keep alive and active that does you some good. And so we are reminded here, we are reminded here in Psalms 103, not to neglect, not to forget, not to let these things slip, but we are to rediscover them and enjoy them and all their richness, all these wonderful treasures that Psalms 103 contain, we're to enjoy them and all their richness. And so start reading it, start meditating on it, include it in your prayer time. The message of Psalms 103 simply is to every day remind ourselves of the blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. And so that's really the message of Psalms 103. It's a reminder 
for us to remind ourselves every day of the wonderful blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. Well, let's read some of the Psalms, Psalms beginning with verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And so God is always forgiving us and he is always healing us. Praise God. He's always forgiving us and always healing us. Never forget that. God's always forgiving you. He's always healing you. Praise God. I felt like I was coming down with something this week. Man, I had to receive my healing this week. So, But I was reminded he's always forgiving me. He's always healing me. Isn't that good news? He's always forgiving us. He's always healing us. And then in verse 4, it goes on to say, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. He restores our life back to the intended God-given purpose for our lives. So our lives are restored. It also means that he protects our life from anything that would harm it or destroy it, anything that would derail our lives. He protects us. He redeems our life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is a reminder that he honors you with his love. He honors you with his love. And then verse 5 we started into last time. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. He satisfies our mouth with good things. One translation says that he fills our life with good things. He fills our life with good things. You should start a journal and just begin to record the blessings of God in your life. Begin to record periodically. Just take some time to write down all the good things that God has placed in your life. All the good things that God has done for you in your life. Just start a blessing journal. Begin to journal and write down all of the wonderful blessings of God that have come into your life. When you write them down, when you journal them, it does three things. Number one, it gives you a greater appreciation of God's provision. Number two, it confirms a constant flow of God's blessing in your life. And number three, it changes your perspective. It stops you from complaining and it keeps you out of depression. When you realize all of the wonderful benefits and all of the wonderful blessing that God does for us. So start a journal. Keep a journal. The Bible says that God loadeth us daily with benefits. So every day there's something good. Every day there's something good that God fills our life with. He always fills our life with good things. And then we went on to say, now this means two things. He satisfies our mouth with good things. He not only fills your life with good things, but he satisfies our mouth with good things. Always have something good to say. Always have something good to say. Remember, we encourage other people. We bless other people. We uplift other people. We elevate other people. We enrich other people. We energize other people. We speak life into people's dreams, into their destiny, 
into their self-esteem, into who they are, into how they see themselves, how they feel. And so we literally, we can brighten a person's day. We can change a person's life by simply having something good, have something good to say. Man, there have been more than, I would say, at least two or three times where I was about to call someone and talk about someone, gossip about someone, or spread some negative news. And just before I did it, the Holy Spirit put a check in my heart and said, no, don't do that. Don't do that because he fills our mouth with good things. He fills our mouth with good things. So let your mouth always be a spout of something good. Let your mouth always be a spout of something good. If it's not something good, do you really need to say it? Because he satisfies our mouth with good things. He satisfies our mouth with good things. That goes right in line with Philippians 4, 8, which, which says, Whatsoever things are pure and lovely, honest, of good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy, think on these things. Where if you think on those things, you should say those things as well. So if it's good, if it's praiseworthy, if it's honorable, if it's a good report, say those things. So he satisfies our mouth with good Things And then also say good things over yourself. Also say good things over yourself and to yourself. Say good things to yourself. You know, I've been around people and I've heard them say to themselves, you know, I'm just an idiot. I'm stupid or my life is ruined or nothing ever good happens to me or that'll be the death of me or you're killing me or I'm not able. Or, you know, so you hear people say these type of things. No, he satisfies our mouth with good Things. So no, say some things like, I am strong. I am blessed. The grace of Jesus is with me. God is doing good things in my life. Proverbs 15, chapter 15, verse 23 says that a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. So the joy we experience in life has a lot to do by the what you're saying out of your mouth. So he satisfies our mouth with good things. He satisfies our mouth with good things. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. So no wonder he satisfies our mouth with good things, with good things, with good things. And then... The first meaning of he fills our life with good things. Second meaning is we are to say good things. And then the third meaning is he satisfies our mouth with good things. The third meaning is we should put good things in us. We should put good things in us. Put good things in your spirit. Feed on God's word. Read some good books. Listen to some good podcasts. Watch some good stuff on social media. It's not a whole lot good, but there's some good on social media. (laughs) Find the good. Find the good. and Put good things into your spirit, good things into your mind. Then put good things into your body. Put good things into your body. Eat some broccoli and some spinach, cauliflower, 
onions, drink lots of water, grapefruits, tomato. Put good things into your body. He satisfies our mouth with good things. So put good things into your spirit, good things into your mind. Put good things into your mouth, literally, literally speaking. I love that. Put life in your mouth. Put life in your mouth. Put life in your mouth. It affects your energy levels. It affects your vitality. It affects your health. Put things that promote life, health, and vitality in your mouth. Put good things. He satisfies our mouth with good things. And then it goes on to say, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. No wonder, because you're putting so much good into your life. Putting so much good. God's filling your life with good things. You're putting good things in your spirit and good things in your mind and good things in your body. And our youth is renewed like the eagles. One translation says, referring to the eagle, strong, soaring, and overcoming. That's your life. That's a picture of your life. Say this with me. I am strong, soaring, and overcoming. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. So that our youth is renewed like the eagles. That has to do with a promise of long life. It's a promise of long life. He renews our youth as the eagles. It's a picture of God's promise of long life. Psalms 91 verse 16 says that he satisfies us with long life. With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. One translation says I will give them life long and full. I like this one over in the book of Exodus, chapter 23, verse 25, 26. It says, I will let you enjoy the full count of your days. I will give you a full lifespan. I'll give you a full lifespan. I'll let you enjoy the full count of your days. And so it's a promise of long life. It's a promise of a long life. He satisfied our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed as the eagles. And so in our covenant with God, he has made provision for us to have and enjoy long life. Long life without sickness and disease where we can serve him and carry out his will in the earth. Now, God promised this under the old covenant. You know, people under the old covenant, they were servants. We are sons. We're children. And so We have a better covenant than they had. And so if they had a promise of long life under the old covenant, how much more, how much greater is our covenant of long life under the new covenant? Praise God. Praise God. You can hear it in God's word. Ephesians chapter six, verse two and three says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. So that it'll be well with you and so that your days will be long upon the earth. And so that's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it. Honor your father and your mother so that it'll be well with you so that your days would be long upon the earth. And so there's that promise there of long life, long life. And then also we see it over in Proverbs chapter three, verse one says, my son, Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days, long life, and peace shall they 
add unto thee. So there's life that we gain from God's word. There's life that's ministered to us from God's word. So God's word, it extends your life. Proverbs 4.22 says that when you find God's word, it's life to you and health to all your flesh. Life to you and health. There's a New Testament scripture that says that the Apostle Paul was praying that the very life of Christ Jesus would be made manifest in our flesh. And so long life is a promise that's given to us. And so we see here a reflection of that promise here in Psalms 103. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed as the eagles. And so that's a promise of long life, promise of long life. I was reading some interesting accounts about people who live a long time. And these were taken from people who have reached the age of 100. So they're referred to as centenarians. And it's interesting that when centenarians were studied, there were some factors that they had in common, some factors they had in common. Number one, uh, very few of them were obese. Very few were obese. Number two, smoking was very rare, especially substantial smoking. That was very rare. Number three, they found that they handled stress better than the majority of people. Number four, they had a good attitude and a good outlook on life. Good attitude and good outlook on life. And number five, had a sense of humor. Had a sense of humor. So these are five common traits that they found among people who lived to be 100. Few were obese. Smoking was rare. Handled stress well. Had a good attitude and outlook on life. And they had a wonderful sense of humor. I was reading after some elderly people, people who had passed 100. I just wanted to hear their life advice to us. Here's a woman who was 114, and her life statement was to love everybody, love everybody. And it was accounted that she would caress and hug everybody. But that was her life statement, love everybody, love everybody. She Reached 114, still going strong. Another woman was interviewed for her advice. She's 112. And she said, be lively, sweet, and kind. Be lively, sweet, and kind. That reminds me of a joke where an elderly woman, she went on a date with a man. He was in his 90s. And when she got home, her daughter asked her, she said, how was the date? She said, I had to slap him three times. The daughter said, what, he got fresh with you? She said, no, I thought he was dead. <laughs> and here's another one. This woman's 120, and her, her piece of advice to us, she said, resist stress and stay happy. Resist stress and stay happy. And there was a man... He was over a hundred. His advice was very similar. He said, don't worry, trust God. Don't worry, trust God. And so I begin to see that that stress was a common factor. These people that live to over a hundred, they've learned not to be stressed out. They've learned to let stuff go. They've learned to trust God. And so that's an interesting key that I begin to see there. They all manage stress very well. 
Then there's a woman by the name of Rosalie Ellis. She was 112 when she said this. But her piece of life advice is simply, don't harbor any ill will. Live in peace and enjoy life. And they said that even at 112, they say that this woman is still very strong. They even had a report where someone, a man broke into her house and the reporter said that she attacked him physically. She grabbed him. So this woman was strong, 112, 112 years old. I like that. They also said that she rode motorcycles well into her 80s. That, that lady is tough. <laughs> she rode motorcycles into her 80s. But I love that. I love that. So there are some common things that we can see to enjoy long life is to let stress go. Don't let things worry you. Learn to trust God. Enjoy life. Be happy. And so I love that. I love learning from people that we can glean from their lives. And then, and uh, I'm going to stop here and cut it short today, but then when you finish these verses in Psalms 103, you get over into verses 7 through 12, and that's a little collection that really talks about God's mercy and His grace. It's a big theme in Psalms 103, how merciful God is and how gracious He is. He reveals His character. He reveals His ways there. He's merciful. He's gracious. And that's why I talk about it so much is because God himself reveals who he is in Psalms 103. It just talks about his mercy, his grace, his kindness. And that's why I am so adamant that God is not out trying to destroy people. God is not out trying to destroy anyone. God is not willing that anyone should perish. And so, you know, it's because of his grace, it's because of his kindness, it's because of his love. You can even see it, you can see it, you can see the reflection of God in his admonition to us. What does God tell us to do? He tells us to love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. So you can see the reflection of God in the very character he tells us to have. He tells us to love our enemies, to bless them that curse. And so God's the same way. It's his nature that we are able to do those things because it's his spirit, it's his nature on the inside of us that allows us to be able to love our enemies, to bless them that curse you, because God wants to allow his light to shine through us so that we can change the world. We can change others. We can reflect the character of God. God is always drawing people by his grace and by his kindness and by his goodness and by his love. I mean, now he will destroy you, but that's a last resort. You know, that's very, you know, if there's no change possible, then hey, you know, he will allow judgment and wrath and destruction to come. In fact, the Bible says that's why Jesus is very slow to come back to give people an opportunity to repent. So he's not slow due to him being slow. He's slow because of his loving kindness. He's slow because of his goodness. He's slow because of his grace. He's slow because of his love. He's trying to give the world an opportunity to change and come to him and to receive him. Praise God. So in Psalms 103, you'll find there in those verses, verses 7 through 12, you find a collection there that reveals the character of God, talks about his 
loving kindness, His grace, and His mercy. He is so, so good. We're going to stop right there. We'll pick up with some more. I just want to do maybe one more session to close out Psalms 103. There's one or two more things I want to share that are really good in Psalms 103. But it's a powerful psalm, and I just pray that you begin to read it, meditate on it, pray it, keep it alive and active in your life. Praise God. Amen. 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 We're just so grateful for God's mercy and His kindness and His grace to us and all that He's provided for us. And I'm just so thankful to call those things to our remembrance. He's always forgiving us. He's always healing us. He's always redeeming our lives from destruction. He's always satisfying our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed as the eagles. We're just so grateful. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Those of you who are watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this entire series on Psalms 103 absolutely free of charge. You can also email it and share it with a friend. But thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part 7 of the series titled Psalms 103 by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7959 That's 7959 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 7959 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.